welcome to Slash Dude, the mysterious movie pitching podcast with a twist. Each member of today's podcast has been given the same movie or TV title, some time to prepare, and has come to the table to pitch their own unique take on that title. We'll be hearing two pitches before the break and one afterwards. It's after the break that we'll be hearing a special pitch from the dupe. The dupe is the person at the table who has not been given the title in advance, and they will have to improvise their idea at the end of the show, following everybody else's. Welcome to Slash Dupe co-host Dan. Dan, not giving anything away, how are you feeling about uh, today's title? Oh, I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. Good. Um, yeah. I have to say, I haven't... I, I, this is one of those ones that came title first rather than idea first, and I don't have an idea for it myself. So I'm looking well, forward to the three of you to... that makes two of us. To... That's brilliant. <laughs> I'm not I'm see for me it's like I'm okay to not have an idea right I'm I'm very blessed and lucky to fall back on that to go oh, I don't have anything today but uh, no, I mean that's unfair I, I do have an idea a see, an idea I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to fleshing it out and this is really it's honestly it's exciting to come to it not having anything in mind at all I haven't even you know sort of a, a, tried to add anything to this title at all I haven't tried to I haven't even thought how I would um, approach it so I'm really excited um, to hear also Ryan Ryan uh, you're the dupe today um, how have you prepared for today you don't know the title but how have you prepared for today's uh, episode I've prepared by knowing we're recording today so getting my, <laughs> myself into a place of not having to do anything else so I just played loads of video games and I've got currently while recording this episode, I've got a, uh, a curry bubbling away so I can munch that down when I get back in victory because my idea will be so good off the top of the head. that That's, you know. well, I love that. What a wonderful day you've had, Ryan, to prepare. <laughs> and, you said, did you use a... Dra- oh, did you use a... Hang on. That, no, that's, per- that's perfect timing, though, Dan. I mean, you that's really about trials exactly, and tribulations of how yeah, little time I'm you've had to prepare. preparing a pitch whilst my child has been helping me go shopping. Uh, did you use a blood dragon face pack for the day? Uh, whilst I was having I mud don't know. What is a blood dragon face? face pack? Uh, well, did you... for many of you that, that know me and uh, know about hashtag skincare Saturdays, uh, I always wake up on a Saturday morning, put a face mask on, that gets me set for the day, wash that off, take a shower, get rid of all of that, and uh, and, and crack on with my I Saturdays. had my face licked. At eight o'clock in the morning, if that helps, does that count? He doesn't, and he doesn't have even a pet, have a pet, by the way, either. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's literally my son. That's what he does. Definitely counts. It definitely counts. It's one hell of an alarm clock. Well, that's um, my wash for the day. <laughs> so that voice you're hearing is our guest today, Yeva. Yeva, how are you feeling? You can't tell us the title, but you can tell us how you are feeling about it today. I'm excited. I think this is this is going to be really fun. Um, yeah, got some got some crazy ideas, so... We'll definitely work on that. I'm looking forward to it. Often some people will come along and they'll go, oh, I, I have I have one main idea, one backup, or, or I just have one idea, or I have... Where, where does it fall? Is it, is it one main idea and a couple of sprinkles, or is it like a load of ideas? Where, where are you at on the spectrum? Um, the slash I have, dupe spectrum. I have one, one main idea with lots of weird little ideas inside it. Um, oh, that's so... exciting! Like a pregnant spider of an idea. Yes, essentially. Yeah. Exactly that. that is an absolutely horrible, horrible isn't it? It's horrible. Yeah, I knew even I said it on purpose to make me squirm. That's when you know it's bad. Um, so sorry about that. But compliment you can. It's complimented by the mirror. Like I just want to just comment as well. It sucks to be everybody at home because I can see 
I just wanted to comment on the amazing yarns and colors that you've got behind you. It's just, it's the most amazing view I've ever seen. Is it, is there, so obviously you're creative by nature. You, 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 you make um, wonderful yarn creations, which we'll talk about later on. Did that feed into your, your process today? Is it, is it, is it, is it, I can, cause I can see millions of little different colors of threads and I can hear you talking about millions of different ways it can go. I'm feeling is there yeah. some sort of connection there? I, su I suppose so. I think this is just my padded cell where I went a little bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely it is an entire are. wall yeah. of wall of uh, wool. We should so. have Yeva in for a stitch in time. Mm. That got that got yarn should based, have. didn't it? I know yarn based. Maybe we should ask Sam, to, uh, to commission one of the characters from uh, that would stitch be in amazing. Time. That'd be good. That would be very so cool. We'll see. Maybe have to come that. back as a wild card. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, um, I am Sean, your peerless moderator, um, and at the end of which we've de decided I'm only peerless in the fact that nobody else moderates this. So it's not a lie when I am peerless, peerless unique. moderator. You're unique. <laughs> in slash two. Um, but at the end of the episode, um, I have the uh, the wonderful honour of selecting a winner to go through to the next heat. Um, and we will be telling you at the halfway point of today's episode what happens with that winning idea at the end of this season. So, Sean, what is a slash two? Oh, well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised you asked. Um, but I will, <laughs> I will tell you what it is. Since, since you did ask, I'll have to, won't I? Um, a slash dupe is a rough early version of a film used in post-production. Uh, it's an unfinished foundation of what a finished film can become. So that's basically what we're going to give you today on the Slash Dupe podcast. We're going to bring you at least the foundation of what a finished film could be. That is our promise on Slash Dupe. It's not a promise. But that is that is our guarantee. It's not guaranteed either. But that is what we will try our best to it's do. It's our intention. It's our intention to do. Yes, that's very sort of holistic. I like it. Very modern. This is we're going to set our intention. That is to bring you a slash dupe today. Um, so with that in mind, I can reveal that today's slash dupe title is Down the Hatch. It is Down the Hatch. <laughs> Right, Yeva, um, you've uh, drawn the short straw. Um, I'd like to hear your pitch uh, for the Slash Dupe title, Down the Hatch. All right, so Down the Hatch. Um, I'm thinking it's set in St Ives or some kind of little touristy, touristy town. Mm -hmm. And tourists, teenagers have started going missing. Mm -hmm. So kind of opening with maybe a missing poster or a news report that kind of thing where yeah just touristy teenagers have started going missing mm -hmm. um and you kind of you get to a quirky curiosities shop just down okay. down the high street um you start you go into the go into this curiosities shop and it's got a monocled um, grumpy owner tinkering mm -hmm. with his tinkering with his clockwork toys and you can see he's getting frustrated because people keep interrupting his work and um, he's just one of those typical kind of grumpy owns a shop doesn't really like people yeah um, yeah and yeah this job would be great if it weren't for the customers that sort of thing yes yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. um very very much um the kind of opinion of people who work in tourist towns. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or just Especially the in Cornwall. industry. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Um, so you kind of go into this shop and you see families 
and especially with teenagers who want to touch everything and just kind of pick stuff up and put it down in the wrong place and mm -hmm. and he eventually gets frustrated and goes up to this family and the teenager and goes oh I've got something that you'll be interested in it's just down the hatch um, okay. and there's and yeah, there's yeah. a hatch at the back of the shop that goes that goes into <laughs> exactly would um, he actually say he'd literally say the words down the hatch I, I don't think he would but um, he would indicate that you know go, go down I there see, you'll, okay. you'll be more interested in the stuff down there right, and okay. you go down to down into this basement and there are there's kind of a shelf of ship in a bottle type things dioramas okay. so okay. not there is one that is a ship in a bottle um but you know there's there's various other little dioramas in these bottles okay and he just leaves and so this kid's like okay starts touching things uncorks one of the bottles and gets sucked in okay that's um cool. nice, nice and has to and, and there is many different dioramas so yeah it could actually be a pirate ship or I think that this would probably lend more to a mini series instead of just a film. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this kid gets sucked into say a ship and encounters all the ship's characters and just has to survive. Mm -hmm. um, and then more more kids kind of have this similar experience where they go in and get sucked into a different world. So I. I've just listed a load of random scenarios that could happen. So, mm -hmm. for example, actual pirate ship or a medieval farming town or uh -huh. a castle of an evil wizard um, mm -hmm. or a mental hospital or an exact replica of the town, but no people. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So creepy, right? <laughs> so they just have to survive. Um, uh -huh. And then something happens. So you, you've seen kind of bits of these kids trying to survive in in these different scenarios and then something happens like maybe a, a small earthquake or some some kind of movement happens that these bottles get smashed and they all the worlds kind yeah. of come apart and merge together yeah. so these kids ah. start start to meet each other and um they, you know, start interacting and go, right, how do we get out of here? So I because thought you were going for, like, evil after dark Mr. Ben. That's why I thought you were going, where it'd be like each <laughs> adventure would be like something's going on and they have to get into each bottle. That's where I thought you were going with this. But the idea of the melding of the wells together is really cool. Thank you. What's, um, the, um, what's the tone for this? Yeah, is, it, is it, like, dark? Yes. young adult? It's, oh, it's um, super dark. It's it's like Stranger dark, Things dark. Not probably not quite that dark. Have you seen like Terry Gilliam dark? Sort of still a little sort of like black comedy in there. Little sort of car, little sort of cartoon. Do we have a cartoony sort of edge? Like Possibly. or will it be? Um, I was thinking. Have you ever seen The Magicians? So again, weird Amazon Prime show. Um, but that's... <laughs> no, we're talking about weird Amazon Prime shows, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. it's kind of that tone. It's it is. Dark and yeah, a little bit fantasy comic-y type, but okay. probably does need some kind of light, uh, humorous undertones. But generally, it's quite dark. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I like the idea of all these really very different worlds and aspects of those getting merged together. Mm. Um, and it it turns out that they have to find kind of there's there's an artifact from each world that is the reason that they're living worlds inside these bottles. So there's kind of a magical talisman or something that makes mm. these these things possible. And would that they, be in the real world or would that be in the worlds of the bottles? In the worlds themselves. So it's like a seed okay. that has oh, okay. flourished this world. Mm. Um mm -hmm. and they figure out that they have to collect all of all of them from each different world to somehow click together and that creates a portal for them to get out of it mm -hmm. the end mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like dot 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 until season two yeah uh, the worlds get merged do they do, when when they the bottles break are they still miniature worlds that have now crashed into each other on the floor of the shop and then we zoom into sort of them in there Yes, I. The idea I had in my head was they all, yeah, just kind of collected on the floor, and either the shopkeeper just hasn't noticed, or he's cleaned it up and just you know swept it up in a dustpan and brush and chucked it in well, a corner somewhere. Maybe he's been, uh, he's been broken into the the, the event that causes them to break in is uh, break mm. is that someone's come into the shop and assaulted the shopkeeper. And he's knocked the bottles over in his in the sort of the furore, and then they maybe they've kidnapped him and taken him away. Yeah, and the yeah, bottles absolutely. Are still left on the shop because he's the only one who really knows about them, right? Yes. So that leaves these children and stuck there. And there's there's a question of whether actually he knows that that's mm. happening. Maybe he's arrested by the police because all the For... kids have gone missing in his shop. Yeah. And in, in the arrest, the policemen knock the bottles off. Yeah, because they're not going to care, are they? No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like so that. he's doing. So he, do you think he's doing it to punish these kids? He's he's doing it knowingly, the shopkeeper. Well, that that's the question, and I I maybe you don't even answer that. It's just mm. they go missing. He doesn't really mm -hmm. care. He's you know gone. Oh, they've probably left and just hasn't noticed. Or does he mm -hmm. know and he's actually some kind of evil wizard? And maybe mm -hmm. all these kids have been naughty <laughs> in some way. Yeah, they've, they've, they've moved his stuff yeah, around. For them. <laughs> yeah, how dare they, yeah. <laughs> they've picked so stuff up it... and put it put it in the wrong place. And yeah, and, yeah. yeah he's just got annoyed with it and gone down the hatch. Are we gonna, so does that mean we're going to have like a sort of Lego movie style thing where the, the villain, the evil magician in these worlds, um, he, or the evil wizard, he... It takes on he's the same actor as the guy as the shopkeeper or are we drawing a hard line between these two worlds like so where do you fall on that you know like how it's it really will, like that. will I like Ferrell that plays a lot. the dad will like, ferrell yeah. plays you know in lego movie will ferrell plays lord business uh, plays um, the dad. Like, like in that. in sucker punch with the with the old bloke bloke is in every single like um, one is he's like the one that gives them the orders, isn't it? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. David Carradine, Glenn, I think Scott, his name Glenn. is. No, it's Scott. Oh, Glenn Scott. Scott Glenn, yeah. I think or Glenn Scott. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. So, so are we going to have that? Yeah, but you think like it's we? Do we want to merge the worlds, or do we want to draw a line between them? Well, so they 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 are all connected. So I think actually merging the worlds is a good idea, um, because obviously they you know a fragment of each creates a portal mm -hmm. home. So yeah. They, they're definitely related. Actually, maybe he could be a character in each of them. Not necessarily a main bad guy, but he could be, mm. you know, that old guy on the street that you pass. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's in there somewhere. 
Okay. And these dark worlds, so these six kind of dark worlds, when they merge, this is what I found really interesting, because when you first talked about all the ship, all the worlds and the bottles, I did think, well, all of the things you listed, how amazing would it be to see them all in the same place? So I, so I loved it when you were like, they all get smashed together. I was like, yeah, of course. That's how <laughs> of you course make it amazing. <laughs> of course, because that's such a great idea. Um, but when these, th- when these worlds merge, does it make it, I suppose what, what I'm asking is, does it, does it, do they gel? Does it feel like, for example, the, the, just an example, the patients from the asylum, do they find a new lease of life um, on the ship, tending to the ship, the pirate ship? Or these worlds merging, does it throw everything into chaos? Which, you know, does it, do it, are we going to go positive towards the more of the Jumanji type route where things are, are dark, but they sort of work out? Or are we going to go down the route of like, no, this is sort of weird and corrupt and is is a creeping evil pervading everything and it's just getting worse. It's collapsing, you know, like, so which, which, where would you take it? I was would, definitely you know? thinking more of the jarring, everything doesn't quite fit okay. together. It's all more confusing and yeah. I was definitely going the darker routes. I, d- I do like that. The, yeah. So I've got a question about the characters. So if we're saying it's a, it's a sleepy like St. Ives style town, you know, those small towns, uh, people, all the, like a lot of the kids know each other. So is it going to be a case of the, the first kid that we follow that goes down the hatch and then they go into their world and then when the worlds collide, um, are they going to be like Johnson? who's like a pirate king or whatever, because they, you know, and they were like the quarterback, but they know who they are. And so they have to have this facade of like having to risk, like, this persona that they've cultivated in that world that they're gonna but they're gonna know who they really are in the real world is that because i assume some of the teenagers would know each other at least yeah so because they are all they were all tourists they weren't from oh okay fine fine i did think they probably wouldn't know each other however um i remember being at school and all my friends talking about going on holiday to cornwall so there could be an aspect yeah. of actually they know each other from from their hometown, but they're not they're not from St. Ives or this mm-hmm. little okay. village. I mean, so then, yeah. so spinning off of that. Oh, sorry, Ryan, go on, mate. Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I, you know, I've genuinely had occasions where my my housemate has gone on holiday, stayed at a hostel, and then has been chatting to this guy who's like. Oh yeah, I grew up in Ellsbury. Oh yeah, I know Ryan, and just like, and they completely like on the same pub crawl together. So yeah, I totally understand that there is, a ch- there could potentially be a chance meeting of two worlds, in a holiday destination because it does draw a lot of people to it. Mm. I've had it a few times. I've been mm. in in various places and walked past somebody and gone, "I know you. You're from so and so." So it it does happen weirdly mm. often as well. So then, so then, yeah, so spinning off of that, then what would be the time period? So would people have been going missing in this curiosity shop for a hundred years or would it have only been happening the last few years? And so with that in mind on the timeline, would it be a Jumanji where if if you're trapped in there a hundred years ago, you've aged, you know, or you haven't aged or does it, how does that work? Have you thought about that aspect of it? Um, I hadn't really. Um, I'd I'd say probably... 10 years, 10 years that people have been going missing. So it's been happening for about 10 years. These kids have been going missing. Um, So when the worlds collide and the kids meet each other, 
are they going to have aged at all? That's an interesting sort of, it's one of those questions that you don't think it matters, but actually it's sort of one of those little logical questions that you think, you know, an audience is going to, they're going to either love it or hate it. They're going to want it. They want to want to understand it straight away. Right. So are, are these, are these kids aged if they were, if, if they'd gone missing 10 years ago, are they 10 years older? Uh, no, I don't think they have aged. I think they're kind of trapped in this little time bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there was another kind of aspect of it where actually it could be, it, they're very small worlds. So there might be a lot of repetition, a lot of deja vu. Oh, okay. um, there are only certain parameters that, you know, there's only a, a stretch of sea for this pirate ship to be in. There's only, I don't know, um, you know, there is no land past the end of the yeah. garden and the castle. It's the asylum on the on the rock in the middle of nowhere sort yeah. of thing, in the middle mm-hmm. of the ocean, yeah. God, that's, that's, see, that's what I would, so if we were saying, okay, let's commission this, let's, let's move forward with this, that's what I really love. The idea that you sort of take this little world, because it's, it's got, a really classic feel to it, this idea of a ship in a bottle, a world in a bottle, a diorama. But it also plays into the sort of more modern um, repetition of video games, how you can sort of do the same sort of video game, can you can load and save or it can it can reload you. So I sort of like that as an idea that, you know, I, I, I don't know what, like, you know, you meet the sea captain or you, or you meet, you know, he's been a first mate for 10 years and he's, they've just gone up and down the same strip. But they, so they would know more things about the details in this small loop. Are they all mini? Are they all mini Groundhog Days, or Groundhog Weeks? Does it reset after a period of time, or are they? Because those kids, some of those kids would have, might have been in there for years, right? Like real time years. Mm-hmm. So are they by the time they get there, are they the people that the other kids um, come along? So rather than it being a week that's repeated. They've now they're now the characters that the new kids come across. Then the the old captains died off, and then one of the kids that's been there for forty years has now become the new captain. Oh, that's interesting. Because he's been there for so long, or she's been there for so long. Yeah. So they assume so uh, they assume these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, day by day you become more and more part of the diorama, until then another kid comes in, and then he's become and they they end up being part like the dread pirate roberts effectively yeah yeah i mean i don't the know how you feel about that yet, but I... ends up being one of the kids that has turned into the evil magician yeah that's a great idea exposure well if somebody i mean you could say that somebody let's say somebody some sort of person with some sort of otherworldly power that could create these 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 worlds in in the in the bottles um the shopkeeper could be related to that person so it could have been maybe the shopkeeper's brother that he enslaved in the world, who then was the first person to find out how to escape. He's now the person who owns the shop and he keeps, there's some sort of twisted circle in that. I'm just trying to think of how you can have that sort of theme. I I personally do, and of course it's up to you, Yeva, whether you want to go with this, but there is something I really love in the fact that, you know, partly through the series, the characters who you expect are almost the antagonists or the villains or the characters that are in these loops, you do start to see the cracks that, that they they weren't always in here, you know. They used to be out there, and then it adds another dimension of of whatever you want. So there's a bit of hope in there that maybe they can free some of these people, but there's also a real undercurrent of dread that they may have the same fate if they don't get out. Yeah, so it I, like sort of raises that. the stakes. 
I love a good twist and <laughs> and, and and some big reveal that you're really not expecting. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then could it take like a flight of dragons? I don't know if you've seen the flight of dragons. Amazing animation from like I think it must be the eighties. Anyway, this kid gets sucked into effectively like a fancy adventure Dungeons and Dragons game. And by the end, he's really fallen in love with and become part of the mm. the um the whole world. But to get out of the world and to defeat the final baddie, he has to disavow magic and fantasy by telling them that science exists and so anytime though there's the, the final showdown is the big bad wizard shouting things about magic and him shouting like pythagoras theorem back at him until he eventually and he knows by doing so he's going to remove himself from the game and never mm. be able to hang out with his friends anymore or the people that he's really learned to love and then he he gets extradited from the mm -hmm. from the game so, I so it's kind of bittersweet that, in yeah. a way yeah, a bit sweet because some of these kids will have then been there for ages or at least made friends there, um, which is kind of true of like kids that are going to a well to a to a, a hotel a, a sort of holiday destination where they don't want to go. Their parents are going because they get to be by the seaside. They don't know anyone. It's you know there's the analogy of mm -hmm. making new friends in a new world type thing, and and maybe there's a bit of that. And then to to be to leave the world, you almost have to you have to destroy it, don't you? And that's mm -hmm sad and maybe that's why some children have been stuck there because they don't want it they've enjoyed mm. it more than their real world yeah the yeah. first thing they'd have to do right yeah i don't know if you guys agree but it would be to break the cycle that they've been going through so the first thing so you would take the ship and, and it would be the most difficult thing to do against against the nature of all of these people who are on the ship to take it from the loop or from the world of the bottle and sail it to the world of the asylum to sail it to you know you could you could the worlds would smash together but each each um little unit would not want to go out of its loop even though it was able to i don't yeah, know it's probably the only way they're able to free themselves because of this new thing yes they have the ability yeah so i thought actually um they're not they're forced into it that they're, they're mm. forced out of these loops because something appears so if they're on the ship they encounter this island mm. of the mental asylum and it just it is there in front of them they can't escape it they can't right yeah. they just have to interact with it because it it is there yeah so interestingly dramatically at first they could be like no there's nothing there you know there's nothing there you know mm -hmm. like we've never seen we've sailed these seas for you know, for seven or eight hundred days, and we there's no there's no asylum out there. You know, there's nothing at all. And then slowly they you sort of because there's almost like a sort of breaking down that has to occur in these characters before they almost admit that these worlds have have sort of smashed together. Okay, so they have to fit these things together. Um, they're they're a band of uh, they, they have to sort of this is the quest. These band of of, of kids. Um, where. Uh, <laughs> Give, can you give me some like cast examples? I, I want to feel the sort of where you're going with the because there's so many different kinds of sort of young people you can put into movies. You can go down like Power Rangers tried to you know the reboot movie went sort of like you know they tried to go woke and cool but they still go like too flashy and too sexy you know or you know you got Jumanji were just like ah oh, forget all of them we're going to put some A-listers in there now and like you know so it's like there's loads of different routes you can go down to bring sort of young people to, to an audience to galvanise around the story. What, what are you thinking? How, what's in your head? Well, I'm, I like the idea of kind of unknown actors 
so you know no one super famous um and and just a variety of completely different people because mm -hmm. we aren't just you know a bubble of a certain type of person humanity is so so varied that you know just you can have a, a bookish one and you can have some kind of i don't know popular kid and mm -hmm. But just a complete variety, definitely kids that wouldn't necessarily encounter each other in, yeah. in normal circumstances. And would that be that? I mean, I assume that would be part of the drama as well. It would be there. Or, or would they sort of just... I I think we... we I'm interested in whether young people just get on with it. Would they just get on with it? Would they would would they would they still dredge up the sort of drama that we normally see in in these in these teen dramas about young kids like you're the jock, I'm not friends with the jock, and you're the nerd, I'm not friends with the nerd. They all have the same voice in, in this world. Yeah, sure. um, but like, but I don't, I mean, would you, is there an interesting spin on that drama, I suppose is what I'm saying. Like you want a little bit in there, you don't want to, you want to stare it down that, that there are lots of different people that are in this world together. But is there a way of making that sort of, I don't know, slightly less obvious, slightly more interesting? Is there something to say about, I don't know, I'm just, I'm talking out loud here, I, I'm, I'm wondering. Um, yeah, no, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe certainly like the kids that have been in there for a long time they're probably they've gone past that adjustment phase they're just let's get on with it mm -hmm. okay something new's happened but we've something new happened before we've you know we know how to adjust let's get on with it and then maybe the the most recent ones still in shock from the first time it's happened yeah and so they're resisting and and then maybe there's one that's just so complacent and stuck in their weight. Now they're stuck in their ways mm, of their mm. little diorama that they're resisting everything. Um, in, yeah, there in is scope way. for it being a bit more interesting, isn't there? These sort of dynamics in a way sort of seeing uh, these sort of younger people be shocked, be scared, be worried about their interactions with each other, being worried about like where they, like, I think you can, I think that's genuinely interesting to me to sort of see because you there are lots of dramas that dig deep into um you know the different facets of what it's like to be an adult and all the different you know the rainbow nuance of that um but with with a lot of uh, shows about young people they're they're put into these boxes and then they're kept there I I watched Stand by Me the other day actually again I just rewatched it and I was sort of quite amazed genuinely I don't know if this if anyone else feels this way but I was actually quite amazed at how um, non-archetypal the characters felt and looked so the one who was who had who sort of had the the most amount of strife in his life um, you know he had curtains and glasses and he was like what you might associate I think typically what cinema tells you is the nerd but this kid was the ferocious one you know he was the, he was the unhinged one and I sort of like that you know that the the kid from the truck from a troubled home was the softest he was that he was the most earnest and the sweetest and i thought like that was really powerful to me and i think we've almost gone backwards since then you know in the way that we show young people my, and there's, there's not as much nuance in it anymore my question that i guess links with that is how are the worlds fashioned like are they and this is like the 2am super high thought but it's like <laughs> the if they're like medieval england or wh wherever it is right and then this person comes in. I actually, I read a Reddit thread that was like, I'm going to learn how to make penicillin just in case I get teleported back into the into the past. So 
are these fully functioning worlds? And then a kid comes in and is like, oh my God, this is, I can, this is only the 80s. I can invent Google. And then sort of like, do that? Is that something that happens? Or is it only these like very self-contained ideologies? I think they're reasonably self-contained. As I say, there there are, there have to be limits to these worlds because they are yeah. so small. They're so contained. They are just a bubble. They're not a fully formed earth world they're just mm. like like a village in a bubble um so there's there's definitely going to be yeah you know it'll be a shock a kid modern kid comes yeah. into this this environment I, okay. um but i don't think yeah inventing something like that would really work so mm-hmm. i want i want to know two things i want to know what is the arc for season two and what's the arc for season three because these are the sort of things you've got to know coming into the writer's room <laughs> yeah if you want to pitch a miniseries like they always want to know there's a little bit of longevity in it even you know surely season one is each world mm-hmm. and season two like the end of season one is when it gets knocked off and all the worlds clash together and season two is that workout surely okay yeah, you that... can't introduce these things and then what's in... season three yeah, what's season three? Uh, oh, now that I'm interested in. <laughs> to be completely honest, I thought it would just end with them. <laughs> limited well, series. It, it was, it was going to be a limited. It a three season deal, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, it'll be so the world's, th- world's colliding and then is it, is there's going to have to be. Is it trying to get be... out? Do they ultimately all want to get back to the real world? Yes, yeah. That would be your season three. I reckon. Uh, no. As I say, they okay. have they have to d- find out if they each want artifact go. and collect them yeah. up, piece them together, get a portal home. Okay, and so I I respect that. I respect that it's only a, a limited miniseries. But when we kick you off a showrunner and bring in another writer <laughs> uh, to do a second, <laughs> third season, I'm hoping that we tie that yarn in. I'm hoping that like the worlds, the the, the shop is being demolished. And all of the bric-a-brac, or maybe there's maybe there's an earthquake, as you said earlier on, and all of the bric-a-brac and things from above, they all come through. And the and there's something about the style that changes. Something about like, I don't know, I don't know. I, there's something to do. I'm just seeing yarn. I'm seeing a yarn world. <laughs> I know I'm revisiting Stitch in Time, but I'm thinking that maybe things can invade their worlds that are that. Mm. They're more self-contained, but they're invaded by one or two aspects of the other worlds. Rather than all the worlds colliding for like something like a second or third season, instead it's a one world with one thing in it that shouldn't be there. And that thing is like the monolith from 2001 and it's corrupting or changing everything around it. I don't know. I'm just uh, just trying to see how I can squeeze some more money out of this, Jaira. You know? <laughs> now yeah, that we've okay. got uh, you know all, this, all these ratings through the roof, people are watching it. It's the Amazon original series of the week. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's loving it. I'm just seeing what we can do, what more we can do with it. I like it. Okay, um, I've, I would, I would still, I would still love to, to, to know who's in it. But if you bring some fresh faces to us, I think that's cool, right? Like people that, like, you know, these these fresh young actors that we've never seen before. Um, I, I suppose, I'd want to know if you're gonna. What's the what? What sound are you bringing to us? What are you gonna give us, like a um, are we going to have a soundtrack for each one? Are we going to have like a big, like Lord of the Rings style fantasy score? What's the, what do you hear when you see the idea in your head? I That's was my final question. I was what definitely imagining more kind of big orchestral kind of fan, very fantasy, mm-hmm. fantasy soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. You know, almost certainly different for each, each world. 
So, you know, we'll get Hans Zimmer on there and really get the big brass sounds. Budgets. and Budgets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and what happens when they get out then? These teenagers, they've, uh, these young people, they've gone through, they've gone through all of these worlds. Do they leave the worlds better or do they leave them for, do they leave them and never look back? Do they leave, what happens when these, these people sa save themselves from this? Fate? I think these worlds collapse. They've already started collapsing because the ships are broken. They're, you know, they're merging, they're collapsing in on themselves. So I think that it's, it's kind of escape before it consumes them and, and just destroys them completely. Love it. Well, thanks for that, Yeva. That was uh, that was interesting. I know you were you were worried about whether it was too crazy. I hope you don't mind me saying that in the break. But but the thing is, like as a, as you'll know, uh, as anyone who's listened to uh, to uh, Slash Dude before. Um, that was a perfectly normal one. I mean, we have had, I want to point you in the direction, Johnny DiGiolamo is one of our good friends. Um, his was bonkers, right? I love him. And, I, and his idea was fully, fully off the wall. But then he has recommended some really fascinating and interesting and weird films to me over the years. So like I can see where he's coming from with his ideas. Um, and we embrace the weird um, and and it, it definitely wasn't too weird for us. I thought that was a fantastic idea. Um, but yeah, no, it was like, oh, I really appreciate you you bringing it to us today. Dan's, however, Dan's Dan's down the hatch. Um, I'm interested. Whoa. So this is so interesting. So as I was listening to Yavers, I was like, what that? How how can you have one title that leaves so much open to the world, and both of us basically come up with a kids adventure story <laughs> i think yours yours being sort of darker is is definitely helpful so i had a couple of ideas i'm going to do a ryan i had a couple oh, wow. of ideas to start okay. with um and the first one was really just a tagline I, I i want to say the other one's more than that um the so the first thing i thought was it was down the hatch was a film that was floated and was in production but got stopped because inner space came out Right. Okay. You remember, do you remember Inner Space? Yeah, they it's, they they shrink a spaceship down and go into somebody's body, right? Yeah, it goes into someone's body, right? Yeah. And I think what happens is he get he gets put into this astronaut or this person, scientist, mm -hmm. but then he kisses a woman or something, or the other way around, and it goes into oh, a woman's body. Okay. Right. Anyway. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because so that's a working title you think and then it was sort of like changed in yeah, in pre-production yeah and it was a small a shrunk thing but i thought it could only go really so far without running over in both physically literally and yeah and, and yeah because so, yeah. it would be a mini submarine of course as well mm. wouldn't it they get shrunk so you yeah of course and hatch yeah, yeah yeah um so instead instead I ryan's crossing to... that off by the way crossing <laughs> off his dupe <laughs> ideas going oh no i can't go into things um, I had uh, a Goonies style adventure because we haven't yeah. had a good Goonies style adventure. So, to be fair, um, I went in the summertime when we were allowed to, we went to a drive through cinema. We thought we'd take my little one to go and see a film. So mm -hmm. we went to go and see the Goonies because we thought, ah, oh, that would be that's a good childhood adventure. I can't remember that. And um, I, it's only three minutes in before 
all the swear words started hitting. <laughs> and a complete, and I love, uh, The Goonies, I remember it being one of my favorite films when I was a kid. And now as I've grown up, I'm like, wow, why? Yeah. Uh, and that's controversial. I don't think up. it's aged as well as, as, I mean, I, but I think it's also, did Richard Donner direct it? The guy who did um, Superman? So, like, I think it's sort of an unusually adult film, or rather, not children's film, right? Yeah, it's weird. Goonies. It's so it's so strange, and it like doesn't really make sense either. <laughs> like, it's one of our. It's like if one of our pitches got made into a film, but didn't like get developed. It just went from pitch to film. Like, great ideas, but none of it makes sense. So, um, thanks, Dan. Great. So, I'm going to get so many ads in the uh, socials for that. <laughs> mostly, mostly from me. Anyway. <laughs> Goonies great, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought we haven't had one that in you know, like a, a kids show. We've had all the Potter movies, which people have like embraced as their childhood things, but nothing lunatic. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Nothing like completely off the wall. So I thought we'd go for that. And that's what we go for. And I want it to be basically the idea of the kids version of like the Cornetto trilogy. So I want it to have that kind of feeling. Oh, okay. So you know, so it's British. It's fully British. It's got story to it, but it's mostly humour, like and silly humour at that, if necessary. Um, so some kids moving to a new area, maybe Americans coming over to England for so some even more sort of fish out of water shenanigans, and they're slowly making they start to make friends at a new school. Not really, so they're having a. It actually, it's probably better if Americans come over. They're having a welcome you know sort of a we're here kind of party mm-hmm. and some kids have come around and they decide that they will sleep over in the pub that their parents have bought this is even better definitely americans they come over they <laughs> bought a failing pub that's that's ramshackle that they were you know, tricked into buying they thought it was gonna be like amazing but it's like a real yeah. horrible it's, pub yeah, on its last they're, legs but they're yeah, making yeah, yeah. the best of it they're making the best of it as you know the americans want to do in a film and they're and they're going to re- renovate it, but the kids are going to have like a sleepover in the scary pub for the night. And there's um, an old arcade uh, cabinet still there, and it, it like flicks through things, and the kids don't know what an arcade cabinet is anyway these days. And um, <laughs> and every now and again, he keeps going ha 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 down the hatch because that's like and they're like it's a friend, it's a an English saying, you know, uh-huh. when we drink down yeah, the hatch, yeah, yeah. Um, and. It's going on all night, all night. And eventually someone like one of the ki- bigger kids like pushes the chest uh, over and underneath is a hatch. There's a there's a trap door in the floor. And okay. So they decide under the machine that keeps walking out down the hatch. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they go into the hatch and under the hatch is this whole set of subterranean tunnels that as they go through, they don't realise but they're references to loads of 80s computer games, arcade computer games, in the form of, like, platformy type bits or traps, like barrels falling out of the ceiling and they're having to, like, avoid them, sort of Donkey Kong style. And um, and at the very bottom, once they get through all these subterranean things, and obviously they're bonding together, all these kids are eventually bonding together, finding, finding mm-hmm. their ways. Oh, inevitably, there'll be some kind of teenage crush thing going on, which might might relive itself um and then they find something at the bottom and i don't know what that is but maybe there's another hatch down there like a, an actual submarine old submarine or something like a russian submarine that's gone under there that's my 
That's my pitch for it. And my director, I want to be Joe Cornish. Yeah, okay. So, who, of, you know, I saw um, Kid Who Would Be King, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's basically what made me think he could do something like this. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But with, like, the Ant-Man humour. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so it can... And and he's worked with Edgar Wright, hasn't he? What mm-hmm. did he write with Edgar Wright? Did he write Ant-Man with Edgar Wright? Is that what he wrote with him? He did write it, yeah, yeah. They, neither of them directed it, but they wrote it. No, yeah, yeah. they wrote it together. And he's so, part of that sort of whatever they... They're not yeah. whatever Rat Pack, Brat Pack, whatever pack they are, the, the yeah. three-pack of English Cornettos. Brunch, English breakfast. <laughs> yeah. um, what are all these mixed yeah, cereals so that... called? When you get the tiny, oh, like, mixed yeah. cereals. The variety, variety pack. They're, that's variety, it. They're that's a variety great. pack of directors pack. and writers, aren't they? I love it. Um, but like, so that it's got that kind of, you know, spaced Cornetto trilogy mm-hmm. kind of stuff, like hot fuzz, but for kids, like a kid's jokey thing, which I think he could probably handle. He probably writes and directs it, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, and okay. Again, what other actors are we going to see? And if it's going to be a good, British Cornetto trilogy, we're going to have to see I, some. I think, I don't know. Cause I think it's young kids. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like eight, nine to 14, no older than that as kids. So they're probably going to okay. be some actors that we haven't seen before. So is it going to be like, like when I saw like, I think, her, I think her name's Maya. I'm going to say it's Maya Hawke and it's Ethan Hawke right, yeah. and, and um, Uma Thurman's uh, daughter and she looks and sounds like this fantastic hybrid of both like it's just you could yeah. not have spliced the genes better in half <laughs> so like almost like these sort of um the children we'll be seeing the new generation won't we of these performers so we'll be seeing the children of you know if simon Pegg's child wants to go into you know acting that's who we'd have in there so we'd have the children yeah. of these performers and stuff like that you're gonna I think get that'd be kind of you're exciting. gonna get x ash b12 bomber super plane Elon Musk kid in there as well. <laughs> Is that their name? Yeah, get them in there. As You'd well. have to as a cameo. I love just as if we're talking about adult actors. I love um, uh, the guy from Kill List. Not, I mean, I love. Um, uh, I think it's. I love the guy who plays Tyres in Space. He's in Kill List, but I mean the main guy from Kill List. I can't remember his name, but he is like. I we'll have to do some googling. He is yeah. he is a ferocious character if he wants to be. I think he was also in Utopia, the British series. Um, right. Gar- Gareth, or maybe that was the character's name. But I think him as if there's a villain in it, I feel like this guy should be, this guy should be the villain. Anyone who's seen yeah. Killist will know. I think I think you know there should definitely be like a villain. Maybe maybe the villain is a kid, or maybe it is a grown up. Maybe they're searching for something under there. They find like some Navy SEAL or something trying to find this uh, submarine or whatever. But I definitely think it shouldn't be high threat. This is definitely sort of lighter. So like even in the Goonies with sort of the what are effectively the people from Annie coming down to um <laughs> as a as the baddies. Although, right, first <laughs> my wife was like, Oh, this will be fine. And then in the first three minutes, someone gets shot in the head. <laughs> in the Goonies. Yeah. Right? It's like it just took my at the time I think it was he's only just turned four at the time. Like Okay. You having to explain so, that to him, yeah. Yeah, explain that. Why is he falling over, Daddy? <laughs> Why is he falling over? <laughs> have some popcorn. Um, so yeah, it was. It, it. I wanted to have sort of a real like a family adventure movie, but one that kids will imagine is like our Goonies. 
Do you know what I mean? Or R.E.T. Mm-hmm. The, the kind of thing is a family movie, but the kids really get into. Like, there's so mm-hmm. much fantasy world there for them to really, really play into. So a, a relatively simplistic story, but with um, with some, some big themes in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, are we going to go sort of practical effects? Are we going to go VFX heavy? Like, how... Is it is it going to be big budget, low budget? Where, no, where does it I fall on the low, scale? Low, I think low budgety. Like I don't imagine it being big, big uh, FX at mm-hmm. all. Like a lot more practical stuff. Partly because it's more fun for the kids. So I think in the interviews afterwards, the kids will be like, "It's the best time they ever had." It'd be like being in I want to say Funhouse, but that really ages me. But basically, <laughs> like a, a, an interactive. For them, it was just like filming it, like having a day out, at like a, a big amusement park, basically, and having a really good time. The whole the whole filming session for them. I want I want okay. the kids to come yeah. to the other end, thinking like all the reactions you see of the kids are are, are genuine. Like yeah, like yeah. they've okay fun screaming when something's scary, you know, and and they're they're having the time of their lives when they're like bouncing from thing to thing, like Frogger. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like from lily pad to lily pad. Well, I, so I like I like that idea. Could I could I maybe suggest that like as a directing style and this would be interesting to have it almost like that documentary style where they their kids get put into a, like a frogger room and the whole thing is like shot like them trying to actually figure it out as kids. Um, I like the idea of like maybe some GoPro action. Maybe one mm. of them's got a GoPro, so it's set. It's Bit set of a Crystal Maze vibe sort yeah. of thing to some of it. Yeah. Because um, that's the, that's where the money is, right? You spin it off into like an oh, the, or universal well, theme park does. or whatever becomes, attraction. Yeah, it yeah. 100% becomes like a theme park uh, zone that you yeah. can get involved in, for sure. For sure. And you actually have to go down the hatch to get into the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the queues, you, you end up going down. Because I don't know if you've like, I mean, if you watch, there's lots of things to be said about the Hobbit films, far too many things than we have the time to discuss right now. Um <laughs> Uh, both good and bad, but a lot of material to cover. Um, but if you notice in the second one with the the, bar- the barrel ride that feels a lot like a universal ride, and mm-hmm. then lo and behold, a few months later, it was unveiled as universal ride, you sort of think a lot of these decisions are sometimes made in tandem. You know, and even in the writing process, it's you know they're sort of seeing what they can slip in there. Yeah, um, for sure. Maybe there's a there's a level of sort of escape room thing in it where they find. There's like maybe there's a big hatch underneath, like with massive keys they have to put in, like a big safe. Mm. There's so many versions of hatch in this; it's unbelievable. <laughs> so there's yeah. the, the hatch there, the hatch to go through, and then it leads to a hatch of a submarine. Mm-hmm. And maybe they can't get out as well. Maybe the submarine's their only way out as well. Yeah, so kind of Neil Maskell. I'm sure his name's Neil Maskell. That's the guy that from Kill List. Right. So he plays he the friendly. Yeah. Yes, he was. He plays the friendly submarine captain. Right now, I've decided he should be friendly. He's rewritten. He's the friendly submarine captain um, who helps them get out and of there. And you're really worried because you we know him as like sort of rough as houses. Mm. And when you see him, you're like, but actually, oh, he's no. a salt of the earth, like sort yeah, of thing. He's, he's going to help them out. The kids get yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some final sacrifice. To yeah. Help them get yeah. Out, which you think is a sacrifice, but it turns out because it's a kids' film. It's not a sacrifice. It's not a real. Scene. Yeah, it's fine. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. You don't have to leave the cinema having to explain why somebody fell over at the end. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no submarine captains were harmed in the making of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the idea of like trying to build in as many sort of not as many but a lot of eighties uh, arcade cabinet ideas. Mm. 
Um, well, it would be almost like nostalgic in an intelligent way, not like the way that of uh, the Spielberg one based on that book. I, I don't even care. My brain doesn't even care to remember the title of it. Ready Player, it? One. Ready Player one. Um it, it would be almost like kids, kids these days in invert commas, mm-hmm. um, encountering older tech and older ways of living for the first time. That uh, that's kind yeah. of interesting to me. You know, like like we were saying in the last episode, kids who who don't know. Um, that there was an Aladdin that was a Robin Williams, the genie was Robin Williams before Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Like there is a whole generation of, of kids that we take for granted that we know this information. There's that great YouTube video of the parents um, getting t- their two teenage kids. That they say you, you, you can have uh, a new, play- I think it's PlayStation 4 at the time, if you can dial our number on a rotary phone. <laughs> yes, I've Amazing. seen that. That's I fantastic. Seen they don't that. know how to do it. They're just like picking it up, like prodding it. They just I have don't know to what to do that. with it. But that, that's an well amazing, worthwhile. like, that's an escape room for young kids. <laughs> Figure out how people lived before you. Stop taking things for granted. You know, wow, start understanding. Be, are you on your porch shouting at the sky? <laughs> so, but you could, ha- you could, that's, this is a great escape. I'm, I'm going to have to start doing it because you could have, like, a message played to people, for, to play people on, a, on an unwound tape mm-hmm. and, like, a pencil in the room. Mm-hmm. We all know what to do. <laughs> But no one else does. Anyone under the age of... I'm not even going to tell, in case there's someone under the age of 15 yeah. listening to this, why are you? But thank you. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you how to make that tape wound up. Yeah. You, you could sort it out yourself. I'm getting more and more into this. Now, now that I've found something I can grab hold of, the disdain, yeah. my disdain for the, for the youth. <laughs> for the young. <laughs> and I don't just mean like the young. Like, we're all young. I feel like there's now... Honestly, now, like, you look at the younger generation and you think, or like... There's possibly, oh, I don't really know how generations work. I, I, it feels like there's two. There's the younger generation, and then there are kids that are born that don't, don't know a world before their world. There's like a, they don't understand 56K modems. They don't understand how hard it was for us to live through technology being birthed in its modern form and sort of raising this foal as its legs are tottering. You know, we're sort of learning about malware. We're learning about like viruses. We're learning about things the hard way. Texting with a BT Cellnet phone, A, B, C, D, E, F. Mm. We're, te- we're texting, you know, trying to get, and it's 10 peer text. So if you send te- 10 messages, like you have to make sure the content in each one is good because you only have 10 quid credit on the phone. So it's like you can't just, yeah, you've got a student anyway. I was talking to anyway. my students yeah. the other day about how, the, you know, the, this lockdown's obviously been quite hard on, on, on them. And it was like, you know, they were like getting a bit burnt out. I, I can't really talk to any of my mates. And I'm like, when I was at university, I, to speak to my girlfriend at the time, I had to arrange a time to talk to her the night before, <laughs> go to a payphone, get her to call me back <laughs> on that number, and then yeah. talk to her on that phone. Yeah. And if, if she wasn't in, that's it. I didn't talk to her for another... 24 hours that yeah. was it yeah and they 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 didn't believe yeah. me they none of these two blue ticks it's like I, d- I don't have credit was like you know you understood that you're like oh I, I get it mm-hmm. of course you didn't you didn't have credit it's fine don't worry about it yeah. um so yeah I sort of find that they're they're sort of it's, you know forget like if you you know the first Harry Potter we forget that it's them going to three rooms at the end and then doing some really arbitrary sort of puzzles right Plenty but if we were chess. to yeah make those puzzles like quite um, quite meaningful, you know, and these, these escape rooms, these puzzle rooms, these journeys that they went through were, were meaningful in some sort of relatable way to the adults as well. I there is something in that, I think. There is, you know... Yeah, so the yeah. adults will be shouting at the kids for getting it right. So maybe that is, maybe it's a set of, like, 
effectively a, a set of an escape rooms. Once they've gone down the hatch, they have to keep escape, which is Indiana Jones, which is mm. every sort of adventure, family adventure movie, isn't it? It's just that sort of thing. I've got, I've got the end of your film, Dan. I've got the end of your film. The last Good room that they, the last room that they get into, is Tapper, right? And they learn how to run the pub, and then they help the parents. Like, ah, maybe it's not just child labor then, isn't it? But you know, like, the, but like, you, you get what I mean. It's like, you know, they help them. Like, I looked the floor, away for a second plates. to make some notes, and I look back up, and Ryan's talking about child labor. So, but like so something, but like Tapper, like the last one being Tapper is like the key to making this rundown pub work um, again absolutely maybe all of these adventures that they've had give them a the sense bar- of what like they could with the, mario the theme for the yeah the theme for the and um, donkey kong with the barrels the it's like the dad's trying to saw someone's trying to lift the barrels up and he's like no no, no put it on its side and you roll it it Can't get much, roll much it easier down. yeah the beers are rolling down like the donkey kong and Love it. yeah little things like that well there we are sean that is glorious um, down the hatch the british um version of uh, the goonies of our generation the British version. So at this point, um, uh, in the break, before the dupe gives us uh, their idea for Down the Hatch, uh, it leads me to invite Dan to tell everybody what happens at the end of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's very kind of you, Sean, to give me some extra time on the uh, podcast. Um, so all of these uh, per episode, we Sean will inevitably pick a winner, and I know he hates having to pick a winner, and mm-hmm. that really any of them could be winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all equally losers and winners. But the winners of each episode go through to a heat, which is adjudicated by a very special guest each time. And so the six episodes before each heat get whittled down into one and then at the end of this season mm-hmm. we will have four winners from the heats and two wild cards that will mm-hmm. be voted in various ways and they will fight it out to the death to be left with the winner of season one which ryan what's going to happen to it we're going to immortalize their film forever as a trailer mm-hmm Pulling it's in all the talent we can find. having to do this. It yeah, is, isn't it? it is. Yeah, like, we, we are. We did a really hilarious idea. <laughs> we are. We came to. We it. are now nine episodes away from that. Yeah. That don't episode. say that. Don't. You're going to tell us how many weeks till Christmas in a minute, aren't you? How many? Oh man. Yeah. So that's was. It was all a big joke, and I think when we were talking about this, I even proposed that we do more, or like we make it into a film or something absurd like that. And it was other people yeah, that was... tempered me down to a trailer. And now I'm thinking like, yeah, we actually have to make a trailer out of whatever wins. So and the, the winner is decided by the audience. So people will vote on the uh, the uh, ideas we have at the in the final. Um, and yeah, that will be uh, that will be the one that we turn into a trailer. Um, so yeah, that that'll be fun. Um, it's <laughs> I left a little break there in case you wanted to <laughs> take any of that out. Um, it's so okay. It's it's also we're recording this day before Valentine's Day, so that's why you can maybe hear a little bit of extra noise. Like if you if you do hear a little bit of extra noise, it's because our various partners and families and everything are, are gearing up for Valentine's Day, which is tomorrow now i don't know I think actually my wife is just packing my bags actually <laughs> because you're spending too much time uh too much time on slash, slash <laughs> that's the commitment 
Go to the Patreon and save Dan's marriage. One pound a month <laughs> to save Dan's marriage. All right, five pounds a month if you want to save my relationship. I've only got a fiance, so I could get rid of her, get another one. It's fine, but give a pound because Dan's already got married, and that's quite a commitment. Um, so, commitment. so, uh, so yes, yeah, Valentine's Day actually. When at time of recording, it will be it will be tomorrow. But by the time you listen to this, you, a week would have passed. Um, so I'm wondering if Ryan, um, the dupe, he's had a little bit of time uh, to think of an idea for Dan the Hatch. I'm wondering if he will lean towards a, a, a sort of a Valentine's Day appropriate idea or whether he's given us something uh, to take our minds off of Valentine's Day, something different. Ryan, your idea for Down the Hatch for Slash Duke, please. Thank you, Sean. So Dan, highlighting my, my working methods earlier, I have did come up with a couple of ideas. One was uh, a drinking story similar to Thunderpants about a kid that can drink anything. Um, then I thought maybe of like a horror movie where like a a hatch appears um, almost like a sinkhole but people just start throwing trash down it and it disappears and then someone ventures down to find out what's in there but as you alluded to valentine's day is is tomorrow um ryan is single hit me up on uh, on the slash dupe if you want to date this hilarious boy um <laughs> but i so i've gone for a a an idea for Down the Hatch that does follow a romantic um, storyline. We're going to open with a horny teenager mm-hmm. in biology class. Uh, who's sort Where of like... you, you must have dug deep to find that character, Ryan. It yeah, was, it definitely. Must be, you know. Definitely. Okay. Um, I, yeah, past experiences. I went down the road of like the horny teenager. So they're sitting in class. It's coming to the end of the year, right? Proms around the corner. They're almost out of... Uh, sophomore i don't know what the american systems is you know the pressure of prom night all that kind of stuff uh learning about you know how like oh rabbits get it so easy you know why can't why can't we do it um so but he's you know relatively you know sort of stares down the corridor at the at the beautiful girl that he wants to ask for the prom but you know hasn't had the chance doesn't think he's worthy and he gets home and his parents are like frantically running around the house they've just had like the the best the best news ever and it turns out that they won a valentine's holiday off of a radio competition and it's the first time they've been able to take a holiday in years because of because of like you know their situation so they're like oh but it's only the two of us what are we gonna do and they're like i know we'll just like the na- the neighbor next door she's not doing anything over valentine's day uh over the, you know over the next couple of weeks we'll just ask her to look after look after our, our kid for us so the kid gets stuck in with the neighbor and she's like a lovely she's like a lovely single woman um and it turns out that she makes potions oh okay so he's like oh well like can i get a love potion for my for this for this girl so that i can ask her to promise she definitely won't say no and all this sort of stuff so she's like yeah absolutely fine uh, and he's like oh if you do this for me i won't tell anyone that you're making potions like illegally being an alchemist and i um and maybe like it you know he like walks in and it, it looks sort of like maybe like a meth lab and he's like oh my god but then she's like no no, no i just i don't know, make holistic medicine or something like that um 
And so she's like, okay, I'll make you this love potion, but you need a piece of her, this this girl's hair. So then... In- oh, God. Glad you said, finish that sentence. Well, a piece, a piece <laughs> of her skin. <laughs> hair. No, it needs a piece of her hair. And so this is going to ensue a hilarious montage, probably with the music one way or another playing in the background while he tries to get a piece of her hair somehow. Um and always gets stopped. And then finally, like, he gets a bit off of her jumper, runs back to the woman. Um, so she makes the potion and he, she says, okay, you know, if you drink this potion, you have a week, um, she'll fall in love with you, down the hatch. So, drinks it down the wow. hatch. Wow. <laughs> sort of wow. Drinks do they it. like like uh, uh, Yeva's idea? Do, do they? Does she literally say down the hatch, or do we? Is it she literally says down the hatch. Come on, we haven't got all day. Down the hatch. You know, I've got other potions to make. So she literally says down the hatch. So I'm going literally for it. That's our wow moment. Um, but it has a secondary meaning. So as the the pink smoke begins to evaporate round, and we all get mystified, suddenly the kid is not not there anymore, and the woman's like, uh oh. She looks down on the floor, and the hair that he pulled was not from her, but it was from her bunny rabbit. So he's also having to go down the hutch. Down the hutch. Yeah. Wow. So she's like, okay, well. Ryan loves a pun, by the way. I do love so a pun. He's, he's engineered a pun into the title where there yes. wasn't one initially. <laughs> so down the hutch, down the hutch. Um, so he's like, okay, well, clearly she's got a, a bunny rabbit. I'm going to go pretend to be the family bunny or i'm gonna go and i'm gonna like investigate right the house so he goes to the house and obviously because he's still under the effects of the love potion the bunny rabbit falls in love with him as a bunny rabbit (laughs) so he has to like live his life pretend and the fact and so she goes to the house and like the parents like she's got quite high achieving parents so they're just they don't even notice that there's a second bunny in the house like they just think they've always had two and like the dog is really like wary of him like he's always having to run away from the dog and the other rabbit is constantly chasing him around and he's trying to like get he's trying to understand like what it is about this girl that he likes and what can i do to make this amazing spectacle for her and you know you'll have those like hilarious tropes where he'll like try and like i don't know like sneak into her bedroom and then she'll like throw him out or something like that um you see her in a towel and things like that and it will be see her in a towel see her in like a that. towel yeah. just the ankles like though because it can't, can't exactly yeah, exactly yeah and, like a victorian it, and, peep show yeah <laughs> But, you know, he learns, like, her family, you know, they they love her, but they don't, like, celebrate her wins. Like, she's doing well, but they're not, they're, they're too busy doing their own thing. You know, they've got to spend, um, you know, 12, 15 hours doing what they're doing. So she sort of, she gets a lot of her, like, love from her friends and everything that's going on. And obviously her bunny rabbits, right? That's the thing she really loves. Um, okay, so, like, the week's over and he's learned all of this stuff. And he's like, cool, I'm gonna, I need to get back. So he runs away, uh, runs back turns back into the his human form with the, with the help of the um the neighbor and then he goes to school and he's like i don't know somehow over the tannoy or whatever he masks his voice or whatever he's like you know you know lady my lady or whatever i'm for this week i'm going to i'm at the end of this week i'm going to ask you out to prom but until then i'm going to like give you all these amazing gifts your secret admirer and so he all the knowledge he learned as a rabbit he like does all these beautiful things like you know she really loves ah, 
Phil Collins. So like, you know, it's like nobody. I know. Yeah, yeah, but that's because he's gonna come in and do a song on the on the thing, isn't he? He'll do like of course he is. especially if it's like a late eighties, like early nineties movie. And then, and it will like have it. I think it will dress have as uh, as a gorilla and do the drum. It will be like it, there'll be a moment where like he does something really amazing at like the one of the school events, and then the gorilla will take his helmet off, and it'll be Phil Collins. Like that's what it would be, <laughs> or like or that would be like the gorilla from the rival school that. Uh, comes for like the varsity game or whatever and he's the mascot for them um but like but that's all this like crazy amazing sort of like is it P- is it ps i love you where he like leaves all the trails trails of things yeah but he's dead um, in that, isn't he? i know he's dead in it but like that sort of thing like all these really amazing things that she loves like music that she loves like things that she loves and okay but and he's obviously as a human he's like sort of no one knows it's him and it's like breaks the school newspaper like who is the mysterious thingy and also like why hasn't i'm just gonna call her jennifer because i can't think of another name so don't really know it's him then he gets to sort of be this most thing but he sort of sees that even though he's giving all these amazing gifts she's still a little sad and he can't figure out why and he goes back and speaks to the neighbor and, and it turns out that the rabbit is heartbroken because it fell in love with him and then he ran away so she so the final thing is like when i meet you to ask you to out to prom like bring your rabbit with you and and that's not euphemism I'm not talking about the vibrator and so he says like it's just like bring your bring your so the last thing he says is bring your bunny rabbit with you okay and he so gets there and he fight like she's like oh my god it's you jonathan and um he like brings the rabbit to make the other rabbit happy and then they go off and you know they go to prom together and it's and he but he realizes that in that whole time it's more about sort of like love and understanding and celebrating and cuddles rather than the thing at the right at the beginning about being a horny teenager and it's more about spying on a with no permission yeah to find out all the things she likes so So, instead of asking her about them you can jump her with with knowledge the amazing gifts absolutely absolutely look so when so the 30, film comes 30... out in the 80s or 90s does it it's a film, yeah. sort of film that is allowed to come out in those days because nowadays yeah. they make films where that happens and then the sort of gentleman in the film realizes that that's not how you actually make a connection with somebody and he's often yeah. he's often penalized isn't he for sort of like if it's a groundhog day loop he's penalized for knowing too much about them or if it's sort of yeah, if he's transformed to some sort of item or if, animal, if, like yeah. If thirteen reasons why I can glorify suicide, then this can glorify stalking, definitely. I, and spying <laughs> and I like, mean, oh, that's a. It's going to say if you've been lying in. It's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody said that these pictures uh, have to be uh, good. Um, Thanks. So no, but listen, listen, this is. Can I, I think I missed this, and I and I think it might be my fault. But why does the potion turn him into a rabbit? Because he gets the he gets a hair. He has to get a hair. No, of I hers. get that. I assume it's a love it, potion because it, it wouldn't would have it turned, turned him into, him into her. her. Yeah, I know, and I think that's yeah. No, but it's it's. I don't know for, for whatever <laughs> reason. Made, maybe it makes her rabbit. Oh no, sorry. It's, in well, it, love it would with be, him, you... and then he has to talk to the rabbit, and the rabbit he can find he can communicate with the rabbit, and the rabbit tells him all the same things. So he gets the he rabbit to spy out. on her instead, but because it's a, an unnamed animal and not a human, it's fine. to the rabbit. He spends time talking and looking after the rabbit. Maybe he's really he's genuinely so. socially awkward. I mean, like, to the point where, like, we've known people who've been... We've all had social anxieties of one kind or the other, but this person is significantly socially awkward. So actually, in doing this, 
actually talking to the bunny is the first person he's actually had, uh, first thing he's been able to have a conversation with. And then having a conversation with this bunny, he learns about her. And it's like, but it's more about him learning how to converse, open talk up, to talk to someone. It's even less about her than it is about. Yeah, yeah I don't what's know. your take on this? Um, well, <laughs> how does he get to the rabbit? Is it was my biggest question because is, is just <laughs> that's a, the biggest question. Just some random guy coming into your house to talk to your rabbit seems. Yeah, I don't know. How oh, would they okay. not notice with this, that? With this revision that we're doing, basically, you're like that doesn't make sense. It makes more sense when he was a rabbit, is what you're saying, essentially. It, well, then surely they would notice that there are two rabbits, or she would notice <laughs> that she's just gained a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, but like you know how you know I, how people, I love it though. But like people bring stray cats in on the street all the time, and they you know they and they love them even though they've already got a cat. You know, she's just like oh, two bunny rabbits. Well, one bunny rabbit brings me joy. So would a second one. Rabbits become the class pet for a week. Or something. Or he rabbit sits like for that. her. She's a neighbour in this small cul-de-sac as well, and he has to rabbit sit because her parents are going away or something. And well, I don't know, you know. I the yeah, because the, there needs to be some way of accessing the rabbit that isn't just the class going rabbit. Into the her class house. rabbit thing is really good, right? The class rabbit thing is really good because then it's because then he can get it like after her. And then that's when the potion is. And then, mm-hmm. and then yeah. going back to, and, and then the rabbit has it. already done all the spying for him. So it's just like our government asking <laughs> MI5 to be like, oh, tell us what you've seen. And then like... So it's like an interrogation. He interrogates yeah, he has the to rabbit. interrogate the bunny rabbit, the rabbit. Yeah. And then he cuts off his foot for good luck at the end. <laughs> and then like... Maybe, but maybe he's talking to the... When he starts this connection with this bunny, who actually pays him attention. Like the first person that really goes out of their way to talk to him mm. because... It, I mean, it's forced because it's a love potion, but it still starts talking to him. And in doing so, other people in the class maybe join him in talking to the bunny and he learns about them. He learns a little bit of social... He learns um, that they're all flawed as well. Place. They're all they're scared all, about yeah, things, flawed, nervous about things. Learn about, he learns about the person that he likes from them as well, from social interaction and stuff like that. And then he learns to communicate with the, with the person that he's interested in. Yeah, I, I don't know. I quite like the idea that this this rabbit is giving kind of giving him the confidence and the and and the social etiquette to to actually he then transforms into this more confident person, which mm-hmm. would then make her like him more. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then and then of course the neighbor, this single mum, single woman looking after this the alchemist teenager. Just call her the alchemist. Yeah, the alchemist. Um, she says. It was. It wasn't a potion yeah. in the first place, anyway. Yeah, that's probably. That's probably. It's all inside you. If, <laughs> if it is that, yeah. If if yeah. if we're if we're getting rid of, um, let's just let's just name my Ryan's first draft stalker rabbit. It's just she's like it's just <laughs> let's just let's, let's let's name it creepy stalker rabbit. Uh, is mm-hmm. the first draft. Uh, which I like, and now I have to reevaluate. And now I totally understand also why I'm still single. Um, uh, I mean, that's that's what happens <laughs> yeah, cre- when you try and shoehorn a, uh, to and shoehorn a, a, a Valentine's Day episode into <laughs> into this. Yeah, weirdly, you know, I should was... I should have fucking stuck with Thunderpants. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to go with that now. Right, a kid a kid uh, can drink anything down the hatch. Isn't affected by it. He turns into a rabbit. He he. he enters the iron gullet competition 
and there's a whole bunch of different games that he's got to do where he's got to like down a, a like a pint of beer and then like no he can't do that he's a kid he's got down a down a pint of water and then like fizzy drinks and it gets worse and worse and uh, he wins the iron gullet competition that's down the hatch there you That's, go. I That's, thought you were going to say he would eat like sort of like there's oh, a key yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that yeah, like, yeah. He like the mob bosses chili. need to unlock That's... like a safe with all of the mayor's money in it or whatever, and he eats the key to the safe and like or something. I don't know. I thought you were going down that route with it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, let's not get off topic. You've already said about how you want to someone to turn into a bunny and whatever and do all the well, bunny no, no, stuff. No, no, no. We've had the rewrite now. So the rewrite is. Uh, he uses the power of the class bunny to become less socially awkward to ask someone out to the prom. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's how you do it though. The bunny definitely talks to him, and the bunny's like voiced by someone like what's his? What's the guy that did all the silly voices in the eighties? Oh, I can't remember what his name is. You know, he always talks like that. Gilbert like Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried. See, only need to the voice, and we know him. He's the bunny's. He's the bunny's voice. Yeah. And like he's a sarky piece of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he, he's, he's. They have a they have a funny relationship that goes on there. You know what I mean? So there's that's that's the joy, like Boss Baby. <laughs> I, love, I love Boss Baby. That was a great. That was a great movie. You need Everybody a. You do need a Boss Baby. <laughs> <laughs> You do need a, a sort of Alec Baldwin type, yeah, or it's, you do need a significant voice to this bunny rabbit, this cute little yeah. bunny rabbit. You do need it to have some gravitas, don't you? Al Pacino, the bunny rabbit. Al anyway, Pacino as the bunny he'll rabbit. do it. He'll do it. We've seen his output recently. He'll he'll do it. Um, okay, yeah. It's him not joining. <laughs> Shit, yeah, he's not going to be uh, the adjudicator, is he? Now he's going to pull out. Never mind. Does he? Oh no, but he, he has to be, and then he'll see a donkey, won't he? And he'll be like, that's a great ass! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That oh, is a deep cut. A heat deep cut, that is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Unapologetically, if if it was on the strength of a one liner, you that's it, you've won. <laughs> that, that's done it for me. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, thanks for that, Ryan. That was, that was a very. Um, it's a very interesting pitch um, and quite collaborative as well, which is what I love about uh, Slash Deep. It went through many different iterations. Um, so yeah, thanks, Ryan. How do you feel like? How, where do you feel like it's ended up? You, you I, I've already, confident? I've already resigned myself to losing this episode. So Dan, Gaver, <laughs> well done. It's between you two. <laughs> you think that's bad? I've already decided. Uh, uh, well, we'll get, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. All right. Not, um, not, not, not every. You know, and this is, this is maybe a, it's a life lesson for anyone out there who is pitching something or having to go to job interviews having to do stuff like don't be affected by the knockback sometimes you have to take a few you have to do a few shit pitches to be able to siphon some gold out get them out got to get them out and you know keep putting it out there and one more land yeah and it's Mm -hmm. and it works the same way for valentine's day you know keep (laughs) swiping right and maybe one of them will swipe right on you (laughs) right i i will uh as i uh as i often do as i always do i will um i will i will give a little summary a reminder to everybody if just before i pick my my winner what we what we've had so far 
um, Yeva's wonderful pitch down the hatch, a miniseries where um, tourist childrens are led downstairs in the, uh, the basement of a curiosity shop where they uh, are whisked away into these little worlds in bottles. Um, and as if that wasn't enough, the twist is that all of these worlds, these, these sort of loops, these, these self-contained little universes, they all get smashed together. And in doing so, uh, they, this darkness corrupts. However, within that, these children are able to um, find each other um, and support each other into finding the seeds that have created these worlds. They unite the seeds and they manage to escape um, this uh, dark uh, fantasy world. Uh, we had Dan's idea for Down the Hatch. Um, a Again, what you would assume was close to um, uh, the uh, Yeva's pitch, but actually it differs by being almost like a sort of, is it a children's film? Is it an adult's film? It's, it's a fantasy film that spans um, both age ranges, and it's almost like a sort of Indiana Jones cross with the Goonies. It's a little bit racy. Uh, it, it involves uh, the US and the UK. It involves, um, I really like the idea of um, going down into these sort of, these puzzles and traps and going further down into this world down the hatch, but that then it also having some sort of relationship with the parents, with the pub above, with the life that they're trying to start in, the, in a new country. Um, so I very much enjoyed that. Um, and uh, Ryan's pitch, um, I was I don't, just, I, just, I, just don't even bother, Sean. Just skip it. Just don't even bother, no, mate. No, so we'll okay, chalk this so one out. What's wonderful about Slash Dupe and what's wonderful about the Dupe because you're going off the cuff. You only have like an hour or so to come up with a with an idea from scratch and to give it a good enough pitch that we will enjoy it and poke holes in it in a pl in a pleasant way, but not in an unpleasant way. Um, you, what happened is you started with a foundation that was one thing. And it left enough room for us to build and to to add some of our own personal elements in it, which is what you want in screenwriting. It's what you want with creative collaboration. You want people to bring their own personality into it. Otherwise, there's no point in them being there. You might as well ask a robot to do it. So it's good that everybody adds their own flourish and it becomes something slightly different. Whether it's better or worse, that's, that's perhaps not even for us to decide. But I'm grateful that it was a pitch that um, was a great foundation and allowed us to sort of go off into uh, into a variety of different directions um and i i think now of, of course of course we all know and everybody at home knows it's not going to be that pitch that wins right but but it was undoubtedly the most collaborative and it was yes. the one that, that that allowed us all to um be able to sort of let our minds wear and think well what would we want to throw in and what would we want to take out and and that's i mean if that's how slash dupe started right so that for that i'm i'm very grateful um but here's where i'm where i'm at an impasse and i would like to so before i have chosen two ideas to win and we and i merge them together um i want to ask both yourselves yeva and dan and I'll get to you, Ryan, in a moment. Um, if we took the pub and we took... I think I have a way to galvanise the two ideas. They go down the hatch and each of the worlds in the bottles are the puzzle rooms that then merge, that they then have to come out of. Each each world, each each bottle has the... the, the story in it contained with the seed is one small part of the whole and then they pull that out 
And that's there's something in that that I so genuinely like love. There's a wine cellar underneath, and when they get to oh. the wine cellar, they pull out the bottles, and each bottle's got a world in it, and they get sucked in. That's that's. And they got to work their way. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. Is that all right? Because I see if I can make you both winners, I feel like you can genuinely keep. This is the thing: you can genuinely keep almost everything that we love of both ideas. Is what I think. Anything remaining is the fun part, stitching them together, finding out like where where it differs and where, and where it's the same. Um, before I fully cap off and crown the two of you as winners, I want to give Ryan an opportunity because I did try and do this myself. I want to give you may have a spark as to how your idea can get thrown into the mix as well. And if the, <laughs> I don't know if you do because I don't, uh, I'm just I'm just going to take the L on this one. I'm out. I'm just going to take the L on this one. I'm already in my car driving home listening to the script, um, <laughs> and and you know, and that's it. And then and and I can hear my wine bottle, you know, already opened for me. So yeah, <laughs> that's the new world. Get sucked in. So I would, what if I would, if I was going to take both these ideas and say, "Hey, you guys are cool. You guys should write it together. You should merge the two ideas, like they sometimes do in in, in Hollywood." Um, I would love to see an adventure type movie, and I've never seen this before, that takes the, I, and perhaps I have, and I don't remember, but that takes the parents of two different, two or three different sets of children and the children into the adventure together. Now, I this may have occurred, and I just haven't seen it. Um, it may be fairly popular and it hasn't gone into my brain. Um, but I saw that can have a lot of good dynamics in it. When you meet other kids, you know, the kids that your friend, your kids are playing with, you meet their parents. Imagine if you had to spend an entire adventure with them. There's a lot of dynamics where the parents are acting like children themselves, of, right? And their yeah, children are acting like parents in many people ways. People have taken over the pub, have bought the pub in together. Yeah, They've gone in on yeah. it together, and then they find this bottle and they get stuck in. So it's also how they work out their um, dynamic of working in the pub. Maybe do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, the adults and the and the kids. Because I've been reading a place of refuge, and it's about community. And I was thinking, they talk about how their children were raised in the community um, amongst all of these sorts of people who've been in and out of prison and dealing with addiction, um, other sorts of tendencies. And I and and they, they were completely open about everything with them. And I thought, well, that's that's really fascinating and interesting. And and we sometimes don't give children enough credit. Um, and often they can they're like an equalizer between parents uh, between adults, and they can also sort of remind adults of their higher functions as adults so i think it's that on in an adventure movie in like a sort of goonie style adventure i would find really interesting it maybe it has already been done um happy for someone to throw them in the comments um but um but yeah so that's my one note i would be like right that i love that right throw the um throw the parents in there and let's see what see what's cracking but yeah so i hope you guys don't mind Ayeva, i hope you don't feel like you've been cheated out of it dan i hope you don't feel like you've been cheated Ooh. out of a win because i love my brain goes i feel like putting them both together you find something new and um, that that we've never found before and we'll never find again you know so i'm grateful um i i'd be grateful if you wouldn't mind me crowning you both winners for this episode i would graciously share the spot with Eva's amazing idea and my arcade cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> Shell of an idea. <laughs> Shell of an idea. Thanks, I absolutely love letting... the game game idea. So yeah, absolutely. Eva, you um, 
you have uh, evidenced by all of the amazing sort of reams and of colours of yarn behind you. Um, you have uh, a, a sort of arts and crafts store, don't you? You have a, a special talent. Are you... Yes, indeed. I make toys and various woolly creatures from from yarn. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. they're sort of they're mostly sort of um, it, what you do is you'd you talk with you you could take you take commissions and you talk with people about what they want. You're right. You're collaborative. Um, and you try and uh, you'd work with them on the colours, on the design, and then you'd you'd go off and you'd you hand stitch. You hand, is it called stitching? Knitting. I, you hand I tend knit to... these things. Yeah, knit, knitting and crochet, and mm -hmm. I it's it's all custom customized, and we work together to create something really unique for mm -hmm. each individual. Like for example, what was the name of the um, part duck, part octopus? The Quacken. The Quacken, yeah. Nice. The Quacken. Yes. That's that's a Ryan level pun I can get yeah. behind. It was yeah. and I've seen it and I've seen it. so where can someone see pictures of, of these of these wonderful things? where can they get a hold of you if they, they want to get one of these creations for themselves? You can find me on Facebook or Instagram under knit to woo. Um nice. Yeah. You and Rice are just get that and power just level pun pun this out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I I am very much a fan of a good pun. Um, so yeah, <laughs> knit hyphen to woo. Uh -huh. um, and yep, yeah, send me a message. We can yeah. work something out. And I've, I've seen some of the stuff you've created for people. They're, they're genuinely spectacular. And I know how much hard work you put in. And I think um, that when the world starts getting back to normal, people are going to want something to cuddle in bed or to share, to give to a loved one, to thank them for their support or something, you know, during this difficult time. So... Um, and I know that um, we do a, another podcast called Blood and Song. It's 8 p.m. on a on a Monday, Blood and Song, on, on Twitch and on YouTube. And we will be do, running some sort of cross promotion with you because we would love to see some of our characters in in knit. Which is that what it's called? We want to see them in in fiber form, in yarn so, form, uh, in yarn form. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that'd be amazing. absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely definitely work on that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Ryan, where can people find Slash Dupe if they want to get hold of us? You can find us on all socials. That is uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are at Blood and Song. We've got a Patreon, Blood and Song as well. Nope, I completely said Blood and Song and not Slash Dupe. You were doing Blood wow, and Song. Wow, that is... That <laughs> is because I'm just... So, he, was, he was smooth, though. So smooth. Do you want to leave me in again, Sean? Oh, yeah. I can just cut from after yeah. I say... yeah. Um, I just, just, just so. I know, just, I know. So we've not, been promoting Blood and Song so much, yeah. so much, and you said it earlier. And even in my head, I was like, "Don't say Blood and Song, don't say something else." <laughs> um, you can find us on all socials at slash Jeep. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We've also got a Reddit community as well. Not a lot in there because we want you guys to start coming up with questions and new titles for us. We've got a Patreon as well. As Sean said, one pound to save Dan's marriage, five pound to save. <laughs> Um, Sean's save zero pounds to save care. mine yeah. because I haven't got one but uh, when that goes in that'll be a million pounds um, and yeah so come along join the conversation <laughs> yeah we can buy you a bunny is that really what you want Ryan is that what this whole that whole pitch was for us to really no, because, to because, bunny, look, yeah, we've established man bunnies I don't want a bunny spying on me and then it's going to sell all my secrets <laughs> oh, yeah. to someone else you know yeah, fair, play, fair play yeah yeah so that's so I just if anyone takes a PSA from this Lock your pets outside. Don't let them into the house. Don't let them watch you. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be how. Not we all ideas episode. expressed in Slash Deep are the uh, <laughs> are the ideas expressed by blah blah blah. Yeah. 
Um, right, well, you think that's bad. I've written something that I want to say as an outro, which I never normally do. So are you ready for this? I've written, oh, I wrote it down very quickly while I was waiting for a few people to log on. I think it's nonsense. So I'm just going to... I just thought I'd forewarn you, okay? Okay. <clears throat> Ideas are like trees in the woods falling without anyone to hear them. They only really make sounds when other people are there to criticise, to bolster, to question and to support them. Without other people, ideas are nothing. They are just ideas. And so it leads me to thank those of you here for creating something more out of the ideas today. Thank you, Dan. I am a tree. Thank you, Ryan. I'm basically a bush at this point. And thank you, Ava. I am Groot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you all. Until next time, um, goodbye. Thank you very much. Stomach's been rumbling, by the way. Can ever can, can you hear? I don't know how sensitive this microphone is because no, I genuinely don't know if you can hear my tummy rumbling. No, no, not I feel right. like Winnie the Pooh when I talk about my rumbly tummy. <laughs> Recorded in the Capo Studios, twenty twenty one. What's up, danger?